If you have your Bibles with you today, would you please turn to Matthew chapter 11? Uh, and we're going to be there in a moment. Um, like I said, this weekend, Pastor Josiah is out speaking to some young adults at a retreat uh, out at Lake Beauty Bible Camp. And so, like I said, you're all stuck with me this morning for a lot. Uh, and so I was just, as a, a little bit of a joke, I think we're going to start today where we left off last week. And if you're looking at me, you're like, why are you holding a poop emoji? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. If you were here last week, we had our Christmas Eve service, and first off, it was so wonderful to be able to celebrate the birth of Christ with you. But as the youth pastor, I got given the responsibility of telling and doing our kids' portion of our service, and yes, I used a poop emoji to tell the story of Jesus' birth. So anyways, I thought, just as a joke, maybe we should start there this morning, but no, I'll leave that alone. It really was an amazing time to celebrate with my church family, uh, one of the greatest gifts we have ever been given. But for real, I do want to say this about Pastor Josiah uh, and his family. Uh, I, am, I appreciate so much what Josiah and Emily and their family does here, not only at River of Life Church, but their involvement in the community. And so when he is not here, I miss him. I miss him. Um, he, I love his, his crazy dreams of soccer fields. I love how he challenges us weekly and encourages us in how we read scripture and how we view God and how we love God and others. And I'm super blessed to be able to work with, with Josiah alongside him, and I'm so thankful for all he's taught me, and for the confidence that he has in me to like be gone on a Sunday morning and leave me here. So I appreciate that. And why do I say all that? I want you, as we go into our maybe January, and it's a new year, and our, our, our focus on prayer, is it's a lot to lead a church. It's a lot to lead a church. So be praying for him. Be praying for Pastor Josiah and his family. Maybe shoot him a text. Let him know that you are praying for him. Let him know how he has encouraged or challenged you in your faith. Uh, be praying for God to continue to guide him and give him vision on how to lead the church. And not just the church, but how to lead his family in the midst of a busyness. And so I say all that to remind you of how amazing it is we have Pastor Josiah and Emily here in Long Prairie. And so maybe shoot them a text this week. Let them know, be praying for them and their family. And just, it's so amazing what they have done in this church and in our community in the last few years. And so I just wanted to remind you, please pray for him. It, it is a big job to lead a church. Everybody's week has looked different this week, right? Some of us have done the mad dash, going from place to place, or lots of places, 10, 15 places, I don't know, for this. The stress of the holidays uh, maybe has got you worn down. I'm actually kind of feeling that this morning, heading into a new year. But I want to encourage you to maybe set that aside this morning and be ready for what God has for us. And if uh, you are willing and able, would you please stand as we look at God's word this morning? Like I said earlier, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 11 starting in verse 1. It's, it says this. When Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his 12 disciples, he went out to teach and preach in towns throughout the region. John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? Jesus told them, Go back to John and tell, them, tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this passage of scripture. 
God, this morning, as we dive into this story a little bit, as we talk about expectations, God, I pray that as we go into a new year that we would just seek you first. So this morning, I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would just move in and through us this morning. God, help us to leave here different than we walked in. Help us to have new vision, a new thought of how we're going to do life in this, next, in this new year. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Well, first, we can't have a New Year's Eve Sunday service without me wishing you an early Happy New Year. So Happy New Year, a, a little early. This is the last day of 2023, which I can hardly believe how fast this year has gone. Actually, the last couple years have gone. And as I was putting this message together, I just took some time actually thinking back on this year. There have been times of so much joy. There have been times of pain and tears. There have been pain, times of exhaustion. There have been times of peace, gratitude, fun, hope, and excitement. And I think that maybe as you think about your year, you can maybe feel some of those same things. But as I was thinking about those things, my mind wandered a bit, and if you know me at all, you're not surprised. There's about 15 squirrels usually running around, and I'm chasing 10 of them. My mind wandered a little bit. And I, and I asked myself a different question. Rather than just reviewing 2023, what were my expectations? What were my expectations of 2023? And I know for a lot of us, this time of year, we have what we call New Year's resolutions, right? Things that we want to change. Things, and maybe some of those things are expectations for the new year. Expectations, by definition, is a strong belief that something will happen. Something good. Maybe we have an expectation of something bad. I don't know, right? We have expectations. And so today, like I said, I want to talk about expectations or really unmet expectations. Expectations of plans that maybe we have made. Expectations of how the workout plan that we've done a resolution for will make us look and feel. Expectations in our jobs, hoping that we can move up the ladder or maybe even get a raise. Expectations of our families and how they will grow and change. Expectations of just the people in our lives, our friends and the people, our coworkers around us. And if we are being incredibly real and being real, we have expectations of God. We've all just celebrated Christmas, celebrating the greatest gift, Emmanuel, God with us. And when you think about it, like Pastor Josiah talked about last week, God, how God chose to save us to bring restoration to the brokenness that sin has caused is not the way that any of us would have chosen. It was not the way even the Jewish people would have done it. They had expectations, and I think that when we think about what the Jewish people maybe felt, they had expectations and we can completely relate to them. Think about it, the Jewish people were God's chosen people. This was a nation that God said, I will be your God and you will be my people. God told them that he would bless their entire nation and, th and the world through them, that he would bring the Messiah through them, the Savior, the King of the world to rescue them from their enemies and restore justice to the world. That's what they expected. Those were their expectations. But reality was very different from that. And the thing that we've got to understand is that for these Jewish people, these expectations weren't naive, wishful thinking. 
Their expectations were based on the promises of God revealed in Scripture. But instead of being blessed by God, they were oppressed by Rome. Instead of being uh, saved by a Messiah or ruled by a Messiah, they were ruled by a manipulative king named Herod. Instead of experiencing peace on earth and a goodness that was everywhere, they were dealing with the fact that the religious system was really corrupt. That a lot of the religious system was very crooked. And instead of representing the goodness of God to others, they were taking advantage of the Jewish people to put more money in their own pockets. They were doing whatever they could, this religious system, to stay on Rome's good side, even if it meant ripping off the very people they were meant to serve. Things were not going the way the Jewish people expected. And I think we can relate. If we zoom in even further to the story of Mary and Joseph, Mary the mother of Jesus, Joseph who would be Jesus' earthly father, their relationship wasn't going the way either of them expected, right? Because on that Christmas night, they they had arrived in Bethlehem looking for a place to stay. Mary, nine months pregnant. Joseph wasn't the father. This is not how they expected things would go when they got engaged. And when they arrived in Bethlehem, the inn was so full, the only place they were able to stay was a barn. I told you this would come back. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Not like a barn that you would see on Pinterest. It's not cute and cozy. It's literally a stable for animals. That's where they were on that first Christmas. Things were not going the way that people thought they would. See, what had become a time of celebration for us was a time of great frustration and unmet expectations for them. And in the passage we read just a few minutes ago, we read another moment of frustration or unmet expectation. A frustration from Jesus' own cousin John. John the Baptist, if, you don't, if you've never heard the story of who John the Baptist is, John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin, and he had devoted his entire life. That's why he was created by God. He was to prepare the way for God's Messiah. And he was sold out. This dude was crazy in people's eyes. He was wearing camel hair. He's in the middle of the desert. He's eating bugs. Like, come on. This guy's sold out. He doesn't care. He's super uncomfortable. And he knows that God is moving. Like before even Jesus started his ministry, John started. He prepared the way, calling the people to repent. He's baptizing people. People are moving in a direction back to God. There is a stirring happening amongst God's people that hasn't happened in a long time. And God is using John to do it. So much so, in fact, before Jesus even starts his ministry, what we would consider his ministry, he goes to John to be baptized. Which was a little weird for John. John was like, no, I, I need to be baptized by you. And Jesus was like, no, this needs to be done. And so Jesus was baptized by John. And John wasn't like super prideful about it. He was incredibly humble. In fact, he was so humble that as Jesus' ministry began to take off, people switched from John's ministry and followed Jesus. And that didn't upset him. He wasn't worried about the numbers. He knew that he was there to lead the way for the Messiah. He was called to prepare the way. And if I'm John at this time, I'm watching this all go down, and I'm like ecstatic. I'm excited. Everything that he hoped for would happen. It's happening. People are getting healed. People are getting excited about God again. 
God is moving, stirring. The Messiah is here after all this time. And John is beginning to start to see it. Until one day, John corrects the wrong person and he ends up in prison. And if I'm John, like if I'm in prison, I'm like, okay, this, this isn't ideal. This isn't what I thought. But Jesus is going to come get me, right? I mean, he's my family. He's got to come get me. He's, he came to free, to set the people free. That's what he came here to do, right? But that's not actually what Jesus did. Jesus continues to do and move in incredible ways to do his mission, but John stayed in prison. And that's where we picked our story up this morning in Matthew chapter 11, and it said, John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things that the Messiah was doing, so he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we be looking for someone else. Now, I don't know about you, but as I'm reading that story and understanding the background of who John the Baptist is, why he was created, he understood his mission, he was sold out in the desert, getting people to move in the direction of God, you're like, what in the world just happened? How did somebody go, who was so devoted, who was so sure about who Jesus was, go to questioning him completely? And I think because this isn't what John was expecting, that's where he sits. John was expecting the Messiah to come and set the people free, physically free as well as spiritually free, not for him to end up in prison. And so he has these questions. He, like he's had this expectation that he was going to see all the things that the Messiah was doing. And yet he's stuck in prison. And you can hear the frustration in his voice, right? Like, I don't know about you, but I don't want to rush through Scripture, but I literally just sit there and I, I can hear the frustration and the disappointment in John's voice. You can hear the mistrust. Are you the Messiah? We've been expecting, or do we look for someone else? And we may feel that this is incredibly out of character for John, but the truth is, if we're really being honest, we do the same thing when God's not meeting our expectations. Or he isn't answering our prayers the way that we want him to. Because let's be honest, we all have things in our list of what we want Jesus to do. We expect him to do what he says, not only like what he did in the Bible, but we have this unspoken expectation, like, God, I expect you to answer my prayer when I want you to how I want you to. Like, Jesus, I expect that you're going to make my life easier, which I don't know where we ever got that concept because he never promised an easier life. I expect that you're not going to let anything bad happen to me. And I expect that you will forgive my sins without asking too much of me. If we are being honest, we do that all the time. We have these expectations of God. And if God is answering our prayers, as we are praying our prayers, and God is answering them in the way that we want, we're ecstatic. We're on fire for God. We're going to go after him with everything we have. But if God isn't doing what we expect him to do, we very quickly, just like John, begin to question him. We begin to say things like, God, do you actually care about me? Wait a minute, God, you're not, you're not answering my prayer. Do you, do you even see me? Do you even love me? 
God, are you even here right now? I don't even know if you're real. Are you the one I'm looking for? Or do I go for someone else? I know that I can relate to John. I have been in a place where I have said some of those things. And I think if you take a look at your life, you have also set those expectations on God. And Jesus' response to his cousin John was just to remind him of what was happening. He said this in verse 4. Jesus told him, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, you go tell John everything that it said I would do, I am doing. Everything that you ever hoped for, I'm doing. Restoration is happening. Healing is happening. Freedom is happening. I am moving. I'm just not doing it in the way that you expected. I'm doing everything that I came here to do. And this is a powerful reminder, not only for John, but for us, because it said, We've heard all the things that Jesus had done, right? John had seen some of it. He had heard some of it. We have read the scriptures. We know that what Jesus can do. But sometimes we just don't see it. Maybe we feel like we're sitting in a prison. But we have to remember that he was, at the same time, him and, him and I and you can be so focused on what Jesus isn't doing that we actually can't see what he is doing. Jesus is telling him, even when you can't see it, even when you can't feel it, I am moving. And like I said a moment ago, if I'm being completely honest, I can relate to John. I have said some of those things. There have been times in my life where I've asked God, where are you at? Why? Are you gonna answer me? Do you even care? And maybe for you this morning, you're sitting in here, and this is maybe what your relationship with God feels like at times. Maybe you're there right now where it feels awkward and it feels uncomfortable because you're like praying to God, you feel like you're talking to him, you're checking all the boxes, but you just can't see him. He's not moving in the way that you think that he should be moving. Maybe that's where you are right now. And you're discouraged. And maybe it even feels awkward and weird. But he's moving. Maybe you're here this morning and there's a health issue or a family member that is struggling with some sort of health issue. And you've prayed and you've prayed and nothing seems to get better. In fact, maybe it's worse. I'm here to remind you God is moving. Maybe your marriage is struggling and you've prayed for God to move in and through your spouse to make it work, but it just never changes. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe it's a job situation. Whatever you have prayed about, it just doesn't seem like God even cares. Maybe for you, you you are dealing with a really significant mental health challenge right now. And you're just so desperate for joy in your life, but you are overwhelmed by anxiety and depression. I'm here to remind you God is moving. I think we all at this time of year we look back at our past year and do some sort of evaluation. We look back to the resolutions we may have set 
Maybe we've succeeded at some of them, and maybe we have failed at others. Maybe we had some expectations for ourselves or we have put on others. Maybe you are here this morning and you're still praying for the same thing you were last December 31st. And you have this expectation of how you want God to move or show up. And it feels like he hasn't done or heard anything in the last 365 days. You can relate to the Jewish people, the frustration that they felt. You can relate to Joseph and Mary. You can relate to John because you're hearing of all that God is doing, but you're not seeing it maybe in your own life. You're maybe wanting to celebrate what God is doing in somebody else's, but instead you're just overwhelmed with your own frustration. When we experience this moment of frustration and this moment of unmet expectations or when we even begin to shape our expectations of what we want God to do, we need to remember a couple things this morning. The first one is this. When we have these expectations of God, we need to bring our expectations to him and let him reshape them. We can bring our expectations, we can have expectations, we can pray the prayers and we can ask God to move in a powerful way in our lives. He's not saying we can't do that, but we need to be able to bring him those expectations, but we need to allow him to reshape them and be okay with that. A lot of times we have expectations based on what we want God to do and not how he wants to move in our lives. Now that doesn't mean for us, maybe my expectations of Jesus are far too high then. I'm actually, your expectations of God are probably way too low. Because he's doing something bigger and more beautiful than you or I could even fathom. We just can't see it yet. We need to bring our expectations to him. He wants us to bring those expectations to him and allow him to reshape them. The other thing that we need to do that he reminded John of is to shift our perspective from what God isn't doing to what he is doing. If we take a step back and we ask God to correct our vision, we will suddenly begin to see that restoration is happening. Things have changed in your life. Maybe healing has happened. Maybe not in the way that you thought it would, but healing is happening. Freedom is happening in your life as you move towards God. God is absolutely moving. He's just not doing it in the way that you thought he would. Are you seeing it? Like as you go into a new year, I want us to walk into 2024 with new vision, with different expectations. Not that our expectations are bad, but we need to allow God to reshape them, to help us to refocus on what he is doing. I spoke this message actually to our youth right before Christmas. I didn't tell you that at the beginning because I didn't want the adults to check out. But I speak to our kids about powerful topics like this because I think our ne- the next generation is tired of fluff. So we speak about hard things. But I spoke to them about unmet expectations as they begin to set expectations for what they want out of life and what they ask of God, I want them to begin to reshape them now. Our youth group is growing, not just in numbers, but in kids stepping up in their walk with God, growing in their own relationship with him. And naturally, as we grow as a youth group, as we grow as a church, challenges will come up. Frustrations will happen. 
We may get discouraged and frustrated, maybe even want to give up. But it was great to remind our youth, and I want to remind you this morning, that when it comes to walking with God, there will be mountaintops, there will be valleys, and there will be plateaus. In the midst of any season, if we're willing, we can still see God move. If we allow him to shape those expectations, if we begin to focus on what God is doing instead of what he's not doing. It was fun to share, and I know I've shared this before because I'm super proud of our kids. But over $3,000 was given in one night because I wanted to remind them of how God was moving in their lives. And I reminded them that they gave that money to fight human trafficking. Helping those who are caught up in modern-day slavery. That money, their hearts went, and their money went to help build water wells around the world. There were Bibles being translated into a language now because of what they gave, because of how God is moving in their lives. Vehicles were purchased for missionaries to be able to get to remote villages who have never heard about Jesus, reaching the 42% who have never heard. We had two students go to an international missions trip and share the gospel in El Salvador. We have students being called into missions. We had 21 students experience camp this summer, 11 experience MYC. Amazing, fun experiences, but most of all, they experience God, and God is moving in their lives. Long Prairie School now has a Youth Alive Bible study in the school. Not just one day, but two. We have students starting Bible studies at 110 Coffee. We have adults and other pastors who have come up to me saying it inspired them to do the same. Why do I tell you this? Because God is moving. Because God is moving in our students, and I wanted our students to hear that because some of them have been doing this for a while and they're frustrated. And they know that they want to move on and closer to Jesus, but they just need to be reminded that God is moving. I wanted to tell you about it too because you should see that God is moving. I'm proud of these kids and this next generation I will be the first to say I have the confidence that they will make a difference. They already are. And as adults this morning sitting in a a Sunday morning service, I want to remind you as well and have the opportunity to share with you how God is moving. When I look back on 2023, we celebrated a couple weeks ago that from River of Life Church and all our locations, we have given $278,000 towards Kingdom Builders, where we are helping get to the gospel to all the world to reach the 42%. God is moving in and through you. We are investing globally, locally, and into our future generations. God is moving in your hearts and lives, understanding that our church isn't just right here, but it's all across the world. I see people stepping up and beginning to find their role in the body of Christ and begin to serve, to step out, doing maybe stuff that's uncomfortable, but they are serving. God is moving in your lives. I see people growing in their faith as they step into life groups and being in community, finding out that they don't have to do life alone, that they can understand scripture, they don't have to go to a Bible college to do it, but they can understand who God is. God is moving in your hearts and lives. You've invested into our community, putting in a crazy artificial turf soccer field to show this community that we see them, that we care, which I believe gives us opportunities to share the good news with them. God is moving in our lives, and I'm here to remind you 
of that because maybe you feel like he's not. We host community events, coat drives, sports teams dinner. We host Santa Claus because we're willing to give of our time to serve our community. God is moving in your life. People's lives are being changed. God is moving. People are starting Bible studies. People are being baptized. People are going on missions trips. And my challenge, and I just, for you this morning is, do you see it? Do you see how God is moving in and through you? And if you don't, my challenge is, you better step in. And, and do it, whether it fits your expectations, but just step into obedience to what God wants to do. Do you see how God is moving, or are you focused on what he isn't doing in your life? Because he is moving all around you and I. And I want to challenge you. Do you think your expectations, your ways, are better than his? We need to reset our expectations. We need to allow God to reshape our expectations. Worship team, would you please come? As we begin to wrap this up, I also want to just invite our prayer teams to also come up. We're going to go into a time of response today, and there are different ways that we can respond. We'll have prayer teams up front to pray with you for whatever you need prayer for. We have an opportunity through singing to worship him. We have communion in the back. If that is something that maybe you want to just do this morning to reset, to remember what he has done for you. Or maybe during this time you need to take an inventory of maybe your resolutions or expectations that you have had of God. What expectations have you put on God? Are they focused on your wants, your desires, and your desired outcomes, or are they focused solely on him? What do you need to do to change those expectations of God? Are you going to allow him to reshape them? How is your vision? Is it focused on what he isn't doing and changing or what, what you think needs to be changed? Or is it focused on what he is doing all around you? How is God asking you to move in order for him to use you to make a difference? Here's the deal. We expect God to move all the time in these big and powerful moments. But here's the deal. God's waiting for you to take a step in. He is always moving, and if you can't see it, I'm going to be really bold and say it's you, not him. Because he is moving. He is moving the same way that he was moving when he started his ministry. He is healing. He is bringing freedom. He is bringing restoration. He is bringing hope to a dark world that is so broken. God is moving. So let's not focus going into the next year on all the bad things that are happening or how he isn't specifically answering your prayers, but let's get our vision changed. Let's have our expectations reshaped by him. And that let's go into this new year really trusting what God has for us. Going, God, here's my expectations. Reshape them. Help me to see them with your eyes. We're going to sing a song with the words that say this. It says, I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. And I know that Josiah has talked about this before. It's not just because he answers the prayers the way we want him to, because we say that and we sing those words because he is always moving.
We need to seek him and him alone. Not our ideas, not our resolutions, not our expectations, but let's run after him with everything that we have and we are going to see God move in such a powerful way. He hears you. He will answer. Maybe different than you thought, but you need to be ready for him to answer. And if you are seeking him, you will see him move. And you can actually sing those words, not because he's answered your prayer in that very way you want, because you've seen him move. Celebrating how he moves, how he does things, not how we think they should be done. So let's trust this in this new year in how he wants us to grow and how he wants to use us. Let's trust him and be obedient and take a step in if we need to. Let's let him set our resolutions and our expectations for this next year. And then let's be ready for him to exceed our expectations of what we ever thought was possible. God, we thank you this morning for this story from John about your cousin John. God, we've all been there. We've all said these words. They're like, what are you doing, God? But God, this morning, help us to respond in a way of bringing you our expectations, of bringing you our, maybe our resolutions and God allowing you to reshape them and trusting that you are going to move in ways that we cannot even imagine. God, thank you for our time together. Help us to leave here different than we walked in. Help us to walk into this new year full of hope and life and joy because we know that you're on the move. And God, we're so grateful that you have asked us to be a part of it. In Jesus' name.